0: That's right. You listening to another episode of D Love Special Sauce podcast. We break down fights and give our predictions. Davison Figueroa crushes Joseph Benavides in the second round, but ongoing weight issues leads the men's flyweight division in obscurity. All that and more now. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thank you for joining another special episode of D Love Special Sauce, episode 18. Uh, with me as always, my co-host Nate. What's up, bro? Hello. How are you? Um, How are I'm
1: you? good, man. What you
0: What are you eating tonight?
1: Absolutely nothing, actually. I'm just having a protein shake.
0: Bone (laughs) broth, chocolate (laughs) flavor.
1: Yeah, pretty much that and some tea that you made me some. Is it chamomile? It's uh, Sleepy Time Tea. Sleepy Time Tea. Yes, Yeah, but it doesn't
0: work for me. It just tastes good and it's non-caffeinated.
1: Oh, yeah, good. (laughs) I mean, I could use some caffeine now, but... No, I actually I I mean I want caffeine because you know, but I I probably shouldn't have it right now.
0: I'll fucking be up all night regardless, but welcome everybody. Thank you guys for joining us again. I hope you guys caught the action over the weekend Uh, UFC Norfolk or UFC Fight Night 169 however you want to call it happened. Um, And there was a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack, much to discuss, even though it was, you know, a lackluster card all around. But there was some exciting fights, some interesting uh, outcomes. And, yeah, like I said, a lot to discuss. But off the top, as always, I just want to make sure to shout out MMT Fitness. Exit Avery Parkway off the 5 Freeway in Laguna Niguel. First class is always free. And at MMT Fitness on Instagram and their YouTube content is great as well. Check them out at MMT TV. Uh, Also, of course, big thanks to Frankie Mercado and John Walker Pro of Faster Performance. Uh, John Walker and Faster Performance Instagram of the same name. And, of course, all the other coaches, trainers, training partners, friends, and extended martial arts arts family, without them, uh, this was not possible, and especially without you guys, the listeners. So thank you so much uh, for all the uh, love and support. We do appreciate it and you uh, guys being here every week. So thanks again. And with that out of the way, of course, uh, as we've been trying to make sure to remind you guys, please do help us out. Um, We really need your help with this one. Go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, any way you can. Give us a good rating and a review. That does help us out in terms of the uh, top search and of course as we said before we'll be reading those reviews on the show we got one to read this week from juan uh thanks juan for reaching out we do appreciate that um but yeah so we got one this week and then i also wanted to mention off the top uh, we've, we've talked about this before Our ever Ever expanding reach On uh, In terms of our listener base mm-hmm. We got another uh, We got another country involved so we Germany already have, right Yeah we already have The United States And the Netherlands And now Germany nice. Welcome to the party I don't sprack and see But I appreciate yeah. you guys listening It's so random Hopefully Germany. you enjoy it Yeah no it's cool And if you're from Germany Or Netherlands Or anywhere for that matter And you don't have social media I just thought about this Like I always Push my Instagram And Twitter At D underscore 84 By the way Or at D dot love underscore 84 Nate's is at nate for 13 on instagram uh but basically, I'm always pushing that in terms of engagement. But what if you don't have social media? There are ways to listen to podcasts um, that don't necessarily come through a smartphone or someone that necessarily has the ability or access to social media. So if you don't, uh, go ahead and send me an email. It's Dustin.R underscore at Yahoo.com. And I just want to hear from you guys. If you guys are from the Netherlands, if you're from Germany, anywhere for that matter, and you want to reach out that way, just another avenue to uh, send us your suggestions for the Name That Tune segment, your suggestions for the bet for the loser for the predictions challenge, any suggestions at all for content and topics to talk about uh your picks anything like that we just want you guys to engage us so uh thank you for that and uh yeah it's another avenue for you so With that out of the way, we're going to have a pretty quick uh, and to-the-point episode, guys. We're going to go through the outcome for UFC Fight Night 169, as I said before, and uh, go over a couple of the interesting matchups and interesting outcomes, like I said, things to discuss, but we already did a breakdown for UFC 248 when we had a few guests. We had Jeremy, Bama, and Logan on the show on episode 16, so if you're looking for that, if you're looking for a breakdown for UFC 248 and our picks, go ahead and uh, um, you know, go back a couple of episodes after you're done listening to this one and, and pop on episode 16 if you want a, a more of an in-depth breakdown to that. We'll give you a few thoughts, but UFC 248 is mainly going to be on uh, episode 16. So uh, if you've already listened to it, then you already know our thoughts. But uh, with this one, let's go ahead and start on the prelims card. Um, I know you were busy, and I don't know how many of the fights you caught live, but I know you caught a lot of the replays, but we'll just go over uh, a couple of the more intriguing ones. The Ismail Nardia versus Sean Brady. Um, Sean Brady was I think it was either a UFC debut or second fight in the UFC, and Ismail was the favorite. Uh, Not a huge favorite, but anyways, he was was a lot faster. He was a lot more well-known, had a lot of skills, and you know, very highly touted prospect for for good reason, Ismail was. Uh, Sean Brady is from the same region or part of the world that uh paul felder is uh he has like a thick uh philadelphia accent and he's a you know what is it like um hard working american just you know, just kind of comprises those attributes. And um, the f- I think it is his second fight because I believe I've seen him either fight, maybe on like a contender series or one other time. But he's 12-0 in his career generally. And this was an exciting fight. He ended up coming away with the th- uh, the decision win. So go check that out if you didn't catch it live. Check the replay of Sean Brady versus Ismail Nardiev. Exciting fight. Um, and then Spike Carlisle, man, this guy's a character. Did you catch this guy at all?
1: No, honestly, I... I only caught really like the main card. Gotcha. This guy,
0: undercard fight, Al- Alon Cruz versus Spike Carlisle. Spike Carlisle, um, shredded his fuck. Uh, this is the featherweight division, so, uh, I'm sure he's walking around an easy 170.
1: Actually, wait, that's, uh, that's Spike's M- you know this guy, right? He turns to Mark Munoz. Exactly. Oh, uh, yes. yeah. No, he, uh, Yeah, he won by TKO. Yeah, it was was an explosive
0: round while it lasted. He came. He's such a character. He's making faces at the camera. He's dancing. He's just an interesting guy, you know, so he understands. Obviously, you bring skills to the table, but you want to be marketable in some way. So I guess he's just a goofball in real life from what I understand. So he's just kind of turning it up to 11, but good on him. He entertained the crowd. He entertained the fans with both his skills and his character. So if you guys didn't catch that one, make sure to check that replay out. Alon Cruz versus uh, Spike Carlisle. Um, And then Jordan Griffin took on TJ Brown. He got a second round submission. That was a high paced action fight as well. Uh, But you know, like we said before, a lot of times the lesser known characters, the lesser known names in the sport have a lot to prove. They're trying to build themselves up. They're trying to make a splash in their division. So uh, a lot of these fights came away competitive and exciting. Um, But yeah, like I said, not necessarily the highest name value. Uh, So this brings us to our first fight of the ones that we picked for the weekend. We'll do a recap of the points afterwards for the Predictions Challenge, but Nate is still inching a little bit uh, more of a lead, making a little bit more uh, space in between the points there. I need to catch up. Uh, But, yeah, so we'll touch on that uh, at the end here. But Luis Pena uh, got a decision uh, over Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia took this fight on Monday. Um, I just wanted to point out as we go through these fights that I definitely took away a lot of respect from Steve, or I gained a lot of respect for Steve, and uh, we'll definitely be watching his fights in the future because of how he performed and how he just, he had no quit in him. Um, he had three rounds of gas, even though he took the fight again on Monday when the fight was on Saturday, so good on him. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail in a moment. Uh, <clears throat> the next fight was Marcin Tabura. He got a decision win over Sergey Spivak. I, the whole time, when I was watching this fight, I didn't go back and listen, and I didn't have it written in my notes yet. I, this entire time, thought I had Marcin Tabura uh and then it turns out that we both picked Spivak, so yeah. we had no points on that one but good uh hard fought marcin uh you know win for marcin three rounds uh, good good decision good game plan he used all of his skills and then brandon allen took on tom breeze tom breeze if you don't know has been around the, uh, the block a few times he's definitely a very very skilled fighter um <clears throat> i wasn't well aware of this but i guess he has some nerves and anxiety issues that definitely affect his performance in the cage and he's one of those guys that as uh, coaches always say if they can translate what he does in, in practicing in the gym into the into the ring or into the cage rather on fight night then he could be a world champion but um i watched this fight look kind of looked out for the given my you know, personal connection and, and understanding with anxiety and things of that sort. Um, and I didn't see it affect him too much, but I definitely don't think that he fought to his potential, so I'm sure it definitely played a role. Brandon Allen, though, a, a great uh, prospect. I think it was a second or third fight in the UFC. Came away with the first round uh, TKO and just definitely shined bright that night. So good on Brandon Allen. Uh, Gabriel Silva's the next fight versus Kyler Phillips. That was a, a, a... What was it? Oh, okay. That ended up being a decision as well. I, I caught... I think I was doing something during this fight launcher or some <laughs> shit, but I think this was a good, a exciting fight for for what it was. You know, a lot of like I said, it was supposed to be the what do they do the main event of the prelims. So when you're stacking one of these fight night cards, it's not necessarily built the same way a pay per view is, where it's super exciting as the as the last fight for the prelims and then like a curtain jerker in the main event. But uh, anyways, good on them. They got a, they got their spot. So. Okay, so this takes us to the main card. Grant Dawson took on Derek Mm -hmm. Minner. Uh, This was a very, very uh, competitive fight. I guess there was some bad blood there. Grant wanted to prove, as he said, multiple times, and even after the fight, that these guys don't belong there with him. Uh, So we'll touch on that fight in a little bit more detail in a second. Uh, The... Next fight on the card was Megan Anderson versus uh, Norma Dumont. Mm -hmm. There was somewhat of a four-way kind of like unofficial Grand Prix for the women's featherweight title uh, challenger. Like even uh, throughout the night, I saw that uh, Amanda Nunes was tweeting out and giving her like reaction to the different fights. And, um, you know, it's basically a four-horse race on who is going to get to face Amanda at 145. And Megan Anderson, man, did she make a statement, came out with a first-round knockout. Uh, very very exciting like way to finish the fight um norma came out and you know was definitely trying to put it on her but that was short and sweet and megan anderson definitely staked the claim to be the next uh, challenger for 145 and amanda even responded on twitter like i said and said one ko so let's see what the next one's got kind of like making sure that they knew that she was watching which is interesting and, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Felicia Spencer in the co-main event in just a second. Now, this is one of the fights we're probably going to talk most about uh, tonight. Iwan Kutalaba um, ends up losing to Magomed Ankalov the first round, uh, 38 seconds of the first round. Uh, man was this an interesting and uh you know disappointing in my opinion outcome for this fight we'll talk about that in a second uh but co-main event felicia spencer gets the win over uh zara farron dos santos uh in a first round TKO. so she finishes her opponent in the first round as well makes a very dominant statement in terms of her skill set in terms of what she feels like she can do to be successful in a um you know in a championship fight against Amanda. so uh we'll again touch on these in a little bit more detail but um, also, like I said, just to run through the card, the main event, Joseph Benavidez gets crushed in the second round by Davison Figueroa. Um, man, they, there was a clash of heads that kind of made him start bleeding, and that was pretty much the beginning of the end, but it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was going to be going Joseph's way. The longer the fight went, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after my rundown, I've talked enough. I need a coffee. I need to get some water here. So, where do you want to start? Do you want to start down on the on the uh, prelims we'll start, on the start, two? No, we can start on the bottom. Well, the two that we picked, at least.
1: No, Wait. for the two. Well, the two that we picked, you're going to have to go over because when uh, I didn't see the two. I oh, didn't gotcha. see any of the you prelims. You didn't see the prelims. No, gotcha. I got okay. the main card. Cool. So, um, do you want to start? I can start with Dawson. And okay, and go uh, for it. So, uh, Derek Miner over here was um, on a twenty-one. Oh, my look, Aspen came in to visit us. Oh I guess nice. I didn't close the door. It's okay. What's up, my dogs hanging out? Um, Derek had twenty. Was it twenty-one? Or t- it's twenty-one first-round finishes, Adam and he was. 23 a, and wins, he's a yeah. very fast starter. And Grant Dawson was aware of that before camp, and um. Grant knew that if he just survived, it, you know, they were even talking about it on, on, on the live stream, is if, if he could just survive Derek uh, for the first round, uh, then he'd be out of that deep water. Um, <coughs> so really, a lot of the exchanges it started, the first round started off from a, di- uh, they were both feeling each other out. Minor threw a kick, missed, kind of way out of range, was kind of antsy on getting in. And eventually, Grant Dawson just applied pressure, shot in a little bit, and uh, Minor started to get a, uh, Little antsy and just went for the neck every time he tried to he tried to get a guillotine almost <laughs> every ten seconds. And Grant Dawson showed great defense on getting out of a, a serious guillotine that he was almost in. For
0: Derek's like kind of one trick that at least he was trying to go for yeah. having a short notice fight. Yeah. Like man, that shit was tight pretty uh, a few times. But yeah, yeah, never in a position to finish.
1: Um, but overall, um, second round Grant Dawson gets the uh, submission. Um, I'm trying to remember because there was a lot of. Finishes. Oh, and
0: this was like all around, it was, this was moving in a lot of different positions as yeah. well.
1: Yeah, the, it was rear naked, right? Was it rear naked? I believe.
0: I'm, yeah. not, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. I don't recall at the moment. Uh, oh, but man. yeah, I think he got him with the rear oh, yeah, naked, and it was, and rear was naked like kind of more of a neck crank, neck like, crank, like yeah. a jaw and pain choke. Like he was yeah, popping I mean the first off, round there
1: right. was 10 seconds left, and Grant Dawson if there, had a deep, deep he said something to him after the round too. He's I think like, I, he was I, like, "Pretty much, I got you, I got bro." You <laughs> <round> <laughs> yeah. So clean, you yeah. know, Derek Miner, you know, put on a good performance. I think he headhunted a little bit too much with the guillotine. And um, but Grant Dawson just overpowered him, wrestled him, took him to the ground, and eventually gained position. He got the rear naked um, slash neck crank. It was on the chin. It was it was strong. It was tight. And uh, yeah, Grant Dawson, good on you, man. That was a great fight. Um, yeah,
0: this was one of the two and oh that James Krause and his team like he was the head coach for Grant and uh, Megan Anderson. So he was excited to have both of his uh, fighters win on the night. Um, but Grant Dawson, as he said, going into this and and like I said, there was a little bit of heat that I wasn't made aware of until the day before. But uh, he just wanted to prove that Derek didn't belong there, didn't belong with him, didn't belong on that level and that he was just another level. Um, and so, you know, to that end, Derek definitely gave it a you know hell of a try and made it difficult on Grant for that first round and a half and was trying to choke him out do anything he could to finish the fight um, but that was pretty much all he had and then grant eventually over overwhelmed him and just uh, took over the fight momentum wise and then was able to smother him and when he got one of his chokes on, he didn't even need to sink it all the way under his strength, his size, his ability. Just made it, you know, that was it, Derek. And I think the broadcast mentioned something about this, whether it was a pain choke that he tapped to or sometimes when you've just, you've been going, you've been going, you've been going, and then you're spent and you have nothing left to give. And like I said, he took the fight on Monday and you have a choke on you and a UFC fighter trying to finish you. Sometimes it's like you just tap because you can't get your breath and everything's going on at the same time. And then now Mm -hmm. he's got this choke three-quarters sunk in on you. So it's just all over, you know, too much. Overwhelming. Um, yeah but good on grant he he made it look good uh but definitely um wasn't an easy fight for that first round and a half uh, derek made it made it a tough go it was,
1: so. it was scrappy for sure but overall grant dawson just had more pressure better <laughs> wrestling was able to control it and get out of positions and uh, yeah and you know, once grant started to really transition on the ground from transition to transition he really showed his class of of, of, of jiu-jitsu and grappling he just really just really outclassed uh, Derek at that point, which was you know it's not it's not unfortunate. It's part of the game. I'm not gonna say it's unfortunate, but uh, giant featherweight though, he you just, a, that you can tell. He's guy a, big a big man. Boy. He's a big man, but um. Like he said, you know, he's like, I, you know, I have one of the deadliest guys that have the deadliest guillotines, James Krause, and I'm there all the time, every day, and I know how to get out of it. So I wasn't really threatened. He said that there was a couple times he was a little worried, but he but just he said
0: he'd go to sleep. He yeah, didn't
1: tap it. yeah, but he he pretty much he knew what to do and he, he executed. So he's very smart in the cage. He's able to execute game plans. He remembers techniques and gets out of it. He doesn't freeze. Um, He's very calm and composed, and he follows the game plan, which is huge in fighting. And he listens to his coaching. He's got a great coach, James Krause, who we talked about last episode yeah, it's awesome. Um,
0: so that takes it yeah. straight to the next one. I'll just jump right into Megan Anderson versus yeah. Norma Dumont. That fight was quick and clean. Uh, the Norma came out there And you could tell Kind of a similar situation Where she knew That she was You know Expected to lose She came in Like kind of with A, a brash kind of Like fuck you attitude yeah. Like I'm gonna come out here And show you guys That you don't know What you're talking about And she definitely came out Not afraid And tried to put it on Megan Yeah she can crack man Yeah threw some hard shots And you know Made it interesting For a minute Tried to take her down and was grappling mm-hmm. Was strong in the exchanges in the clinch up Against the fence mm-hmm. um, But eventually Megan was able to frame You saw her Trying to frame On the, on the With her forearms On the yeah. neck and the face a few different ways and had to, you know, work through some other grappling sequences on the fence to get it back up and things like that. You could see her coaches, James, was right there. You could see her getting under hooks and doing what she needed to to uh, defensively wrestle. Eventually, got her off the cage, got enough distance, and then just cracked her. Stepped outside a yep. little bit to the left, yep. straight down the middle. Boom. Over- overhand versus a right straight. <laughs> a shorter <laughs> fighter, uh, I'm sorry, a taller fighter in this case, throwing like kind of more of an overhand punch on a short fighter, but she definitely but sat was, down She sat stepped out so it was like straight down but it
1: was a straight it was more of a straight uh it was actually a nor doom was also throwing an overhand at the time um but megan had more of a straight you know overhands take a little bit longer to to to, to land if yeah it, especially when it's compared to a straight but the power difference is huge but with megan anderson not only did she did did she time nora on her swing um but she also just turned her punch over beautifully elbow up turn that yeah. two knuckles down hit the right on the right on the button man um and timed it perfectly. I had a and birthday that I got great, a punch like that to the yeah, gut that I remember. Great great turnover straight, you know. <laughs> so uh, that was a beautiful punch. And um, we'll see. We'll see where goes next. You know, I can see it's hard to kind of gauge. You know Felicia Spencer or Megan Anderson fighting. Um, who's going to fight? Because if you think about it, the two women. Nora, this was her debut, I think, in the UFC. Yeah, Norma, and, and then and, and then this girl up top, which we'll talk about with Felicia Spencer. She's fought and, one or two other times. Yeah, in the UFC and, 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 the, and lost. her performance was unfortunate. I mean, I don't want to listen. You're a UFC fighter. You're a top athlete. You're amazing. You made it in the UFC. It's a huge accomplishment. Um, they talked about her. or is they, it like
0: more of a French kickboxer though, that hasn't yeah. really transitioned too much to MMA? Yeah,
1: and unfortunately on the ground, it was just a really bad beating, and it was unfortunate. Um, so it's like, out of Felicia Spencer, Megan Anderson, who do you pick? But it's hard for me to gauge because I'm like, well, I guess I know you could pick either one, but the thing is, I, you know Megan Anderson, I think, probably deserves a little more. She'd been in the game a little longer. Um, and uh, she also went off of a, a very fast, fast knockout. It was more edifying to the fans. It was more like... Oh yeah, like and, and that we, we want to see her. We need know? someone with knockout power in that division to fight Nunes because Nunes is finishing women left I and right. I think Nunes chews her up
0: and Oh, spits I, her I,
1: out. I'm not disagreeing with you there. That but you're that right in terms of matchmaking. In d- terms of matchmaking, but it's hard. It's, it, but it's unfortunate promote. to think you know we're pushing these two women because you know they've these the women they fought are I don't think even close to Nunes' competition. Yeah. So
0: just shows you the landscape of the division. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, it, it you know
1: it it, We need some more. We need some more women in there. Let's start going. Invicta. let's go everywhere. <laughs> Just they're pulling women and get them in the UFC because the, the, the class is running yeah. dry, man. You got these high level women yeah. like Nunez and you got Slipchenko where there's like, there's nothing for them. And I'm like, where's the competition? You know, yeah.
0: you could, there's been arguments that can be made and like, uh, you know, aren't out of this realm arguments that the that Bellator's women's 145 and they even have a 155 division for women is, um, Doing better or has a you know more depth to it than the UFC. That's there's arguments that could be made. I would say at the top, very top, and the very elite of the divisions that the UFC has the you know baddest women on the planet, so to speak. Uh, but there's definitely some yeah. tough chicks in the in other divisions that you know it'd be interesting to see them in the UFC. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll skip over Ewan and Magomed for a second to just kind of piggyback on what you were saying. Felicia yeah. Spencer ends up getting the first round TKO and dominating her opponent, but it was you know it was iffy there on the feed. It was a little nerve wracking on the feet beat at first because Felicia Spencer is not a natural striker. She's definitely trying to progress and get better. But this is the co-main event. So in terms of if you're looking at the matchmaking or the promotion in general, um, you know, if you're looking at the UFC, just by simple placement on the card, you can get kind of an idea of what they're thinking in terms of how Felicia could have, you know, looked that night. Um, but she, you know, she had her issues on the feet. Was able to overcome them. Get for uh, Dos Santos Fer- Farron, however you want to say it, down to the ground and just, you know, impose her will and her skill set and be just as equally dominant as Megan was with her skill set. But just it was a different place in the yeah. fight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, one thing I want to point out is where I think I think it's going to go to Megan Harrison. This is why if you when you watch after Megan wins, Megan says nothing. The first thing that comes out of Bisping's mouth is says, "I heard that you want to fight." Or, or there's a champion looking to fight you. So there were Bisping was already. I don't. Know, what do you remember the exact words that Bisping said? It was somewhere on the, long, on the lines where they were already ready to promote Megan Anderson. I knew what right you're and then, were, you were saying
0: they were. Yeah, the promotion was able to see. Okay, the no matter point, how good Felicia does yes. later, this is de- we got to capitalize. Yeah. On yeah. This so the first knockout.
1: thing the first thing Bisping said was like, "Hey, you should fight." Pretty much saying, "Hey, dude, you're up. You should fight Amanda Nunes yeah. after that performance." Yeah. And usually the UFC doesn't make rash decisions like that super quick. They'll kind of ask, like, hey, that's a great fight. What did you think about Nora? Uh, did it go as planned? Who do you want to fight next? You keep saying
0: Nora. You guys say Norma. I keep Norma, I my sorry. girlfriend was sorry, in the fight. Sorry, Norma.
1: You know? my, my girlfriend didn't get her ass beat. Nor- <laughs> Norma
0: did. Sorry, Norma. No, I'm kidding, but yeah.
1: But, you know, and uh, so, but the first question, Bisping was like, all right. Like, he was so antsy. He was to on see. it, they, yeah. You could tell that they were in his earpiece, like, hey, 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 tell, hey, she's got a, hey, Nunes, 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 Nunes. So, I think they're going to push Megan Anderson just based off of that reaction alone with Bisping. Yeah. Um, but uh, and asking that question right away, which is very rare to push someone to be to, to fight the champion right away. Usually they wait on it. And well, there
0: was kind of like an un, like I said, an unofficial kind of Grand Prix or four horse yeah. race. And I feel like and I even tweeted this out before Felicia had her fight was that uh, no matter what Felicia does, Megan Anderson has definitely stick, you know, like made her case or better case, I guess, as far as like why she should be the next one to challenge Amanda, um, because I even knew like, Similarly to what you're saying, no matter how dominant Felicia Spencer was going to be in her fight, that knockout you know, yeah. is, is definitely going to earn a lot you know. of uh, fans and earn a lot yeah. of uh, arguments in terms of like, yeah, she should be the one to fight. And,
1: and the truth is, honestly, like you said with Felicia striking, it was a little iffy on the feet. She had to go to grappling. Excuse me. Um, I think Megan Anderson's more well-rounded and has a better oh, chance. Oh, yeah, a, a black belt as well. As a better chance. I wouldn't would say a better Okay, I don't wanna be rude. No, but yeah, everyone I know what you're has the puncher's she's, chance. But, but she's tall,
0: she's lanky, she's good at striking, Megan, she has but ground. But the truth
1: is, yeah, Megan Anderson is more well rounded than Felicia yeah. Spencer at the moment. She's yeah. been in the game longer. She has and but she can strike, she has knockout power, and I think she can do enough to keep herself off the ground. She's lanky, she can keep distance. She has all the weapons and proper tools she needs to beat Amanda Nunes. The thing is I think Felicia only has the grappling right now and with takedowns, but I don't think that's gonna fare her any well. And yeah. I think when she starts getting cracked by a woman with power like Nunes has, I think her ground's gonna go out the window. And I think uh, and you know Amanda Nunes is very t- so who did she fight last? Amanda just ground and pounded the whole time and just wrote him out. Who was it? It was Amanda Nunes? Yeah, who did she fight last Man, time? Who did she so just fight? Fights, I can't believe it. Her I last know. fight. I think it was it wasn't Holly Holmes knockout. No. no. No, 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 no. It was it was the decision. Who did she fight? To dis all the way to decision. Let's
0: see. Um, Sorry, she guys. had to hold. She, she
1: had to hold her down the whole time because she was. Um,
0: Let's see, record, record, record. Mixed martial arts record.
1: I can't believe I'm forgetting who she just. I thought. know it's
0: gonna piss me off when it pulls it up too.
1: Sorry guys, are very. Oh nice. yeah, Jermaine, duh, Yeah, that's right. She had yeah, to. She Jermaine Durandemmy,
0: because she was an excellent so, kickboxer. So for many my whole years. point is Felicia Spencer is not going to be
1: the same threat that Jermaine uh, uh, Jermaine Durandamy is. Um, so I just, I think Megan Anderson is a better matchup at the moment to Felicia. You know, we can see a little bit more Felicia strike in, in the UFC, but, you know, Felicia congrats on your win. Um, you know, and no one's undermining you. We're just, we're just giving our opinions here. We, you know, you're obviously in the UFC, you're eight and one, you have a great record and you're probably, you're probably a savage. You are a savage. So congrats to uh, Felicia Spencer and Megan Anderson on your TKO wins, uh, your early TKO wins both in round one.
0: Yeah, it's sometimes one of those things I, I I gave it a term. It's called getting um Sage North gutted. But like Should one we Beat th- one of those things when you uh get you know, shot up the ranks really quickly because you're doing mm-hmm. well and promoted and you're doing exactly, you know, what you'd like to do in and terms you get of, fed to the, but the yeah, wolf. so so this is Felicia, this is probably the best thing for her if she ends yeah. up not getting the title shot yet, yeah. gives her one or two more fight opportunities to yeah. get better, or and, just some time you know to know train I mean? and work yeah. on
1: things that, she, you know, this is a good, she won, but she realized, like, my striking, I did, wasn't comfortable, I had to go to the ground, I need to work on my striking, she
0: had to go to the ground, yeah, I have yeah. to work on
1: my striking, so, you know, Uh, this is something that's important. Hopefully she goes back and that's what she works on specifically.
0: Well, I'm just excited to see a champion like that that Dana said. I mean, granted, it's barely a division, to be honest. That's why it's possible. But that Dana said that Amanda would defend both belts. She just defended her 135 against Jermaine, and now she's calling out and being active on social media in terms of trying to defend her 145 belt. So I'm just excited to Mm -hmm. see her potentially make history and and have the attitude to do so where I want to defend both belts. So uh, that's another reason they're they're pushing this along, regardless if if the challenge or maybe isn't on their level, but yeah. I, like you said, I agree. I think Megan has a better matchup and best, better skill set to potentially at least make it competitive. So, uh, good luck t- to all of them in that race. But that's yeah. we'll see where that goes. I'm just happy Amanda's yeah. like down for it. You know, yeah. That's awesome.
1: Now let's move on to light heavyweight. But I want you to say their names, and okay. then I'll and I'll and I'll touch on this
0: one. Okay. Before we do that, guys, we're gonna take a quick break just because it's a shorter episode. We're gonna take a break right now. We're gonna throw the new name that tune at you for this week. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed last week. We still haven't got a winner for that one, even though Mario. Great Graciously, the winner from the previous week. Already up. got the song. He let me know what it was, but he's trying not to scoop up every week. So just send us uh, either those emails now or reach out to me at Twitter at D love underscore uh, 84 or at D dot love underscore 84 on Instagram or at Nate fit 13 for his Instagram. Screenshot the show, whatever episode it's on. Give us your answers. Yes, you have to get the name of the artist and the name of the song. Two weeks ago was Tiny Dancer by Elton John. That's the one Mario still hasn't cashed in his 30 minute private yeah, training dude, yet, I, even but he knows he can he's, he's talk to you. Nate. So we're giving away free training, guys, so hopefully you guys enjoy this segment, the Name That Tune segment. We're going to give you a new one this week. Like Just like I said, if you got it, if you know the answer, screenshot the song, or I'm sorry, the episode. Give us your answer, and then that's all it takes to get you that free private training. So stay put. We'll be right back. We'll throw that at you, and then we'll finish breaking down the rest of this card. I've gotta spread the news The LSS is here for you You gotta keep on listening Yeah The dealers special so sound The dealers fell so sound D special sound All right, guys, that's it for this week. Make sure to send in your answers at NateFit13 at DLOVE underscore 84 at D. love underscore 84. And make sure to send in those uh, rates and reviews, not on my singing, of course, but on the song generally. Or I'm sorry, on the show generally. Uh, just like last week, we want to make sure to shout him out. N- Nahera93, that's my boy Juan. He made a five-star review, so thanks for that. And he said, these guys have made a solid podcast, and I highly recommend this to anyone interested. And staying up to date with anything fighting from boxing to MMA, these guys know their stuff. Not Your Average Podcast. So I appreciate that, one. Thank you so much. Above average. Here. He put weekly updates with lots of laughs and great guests. Why wouldn't you want to listen? So thank you so much, Juan. Appreciate Yes, that. we do
1: have great guests. Thank you. I was
0: hitting him up earlier, seeing if he actually wanted to be on the show today, but he was busy. He said he couldn't make it.
1: Yeah, great show, but I don't want to be any part of it. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, guys, again, with the name that tune, I hope you guys
0: liked this week. As uh, Make sure to send in your guests so we can get you that free personal training. And then we're going to finish up right now with uh, UFC Norfolk card, and then uh, touch on a couple other things, and then that'll be it for this week. So uh, we wanted to save a little bit of extra time for these last two fights just because there's so much to discuss. So, uh, Nate, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Iwan Kutalaba versus Magomed Ankalaev. Yeah. L- light
1: heavyweight. So this was looking like it was going to be intense. Ewan was across the cage staring him down when they're calling Ewan's name. He walked all the way across and got Magomed's face. And uh, Magomed, double underhooks, tossed him over, and then they broke it apart. Li- really drama fight, you know. They could
0: have actually like called it right then to disqualify. Yeah, him. So it been. He But he so I was taking, thinking, gamble. I
1: was thinking, man, Eon, all right, this is gonna be a war. It's gonna be a crazy fight, dude. Oh my gosh! All right, let's see how this plans out. This is already wild. Bell starts within thirty eight seconds. Uh, you know, both starts. They both come out swinging, but Magomed just keeps the distance a little bit. It, it's throwing uh, like four head kicks in a row. Uh, about two of them land on Eon, shake him a little bit, but he's still on his feet. Um, and then. He throws about four more head kicks. None of them actually land if you watch in slow motion. They're all blocked, but as this engagement is happening, um, Eon is kind of shaking on his feet, right? He's stumbling. He looks like a dizzy dog. He's all over the plates. And the rev. He's
0: playing calls possum, it. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. He's playing possum. Yeah,
1: he could have been playing possum.
0: That's about my stance. My stance is I, that.
1: I think he's playing possum. Yes. You know, have you ever seen the fight where the guy pretends to get hit in the liver? And he like hunches over. Derek and guy, Lewis is and the, known for this. Yeah, and the guy ran forward, and the guy just overhands him. It's
0: easily Surprise! it's easily termed like his own style of a rope yes. dope in some sort um, of
1: fashion. Rope dope, yes. Yeah. You know, so Eon looked like he was out on his feet, but he wasn't out. He was on the ground. He was firing back. Nothing that that Magomed was throwing landed while Eon was supposedly rocked. And once uh, once uh, anything did land on Eon's guard, Eon was firing back right away, making a Decent counters and uh, making, still showing us he still had a brain, uh, and the ref called it, and Eon was flipping out, and it was just, you know, it started off. The moment
0: off, the ref touched him, he, you could he, see he was actually he there. changed character. He was immediately real quick. like he, he went focused,
1: from, knew what was up. He was like, no, 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 no. Yeah, he went from like, oh man, I'm like so drunk to like. I know what one plus one is. I know what I'm doing Like, I'm alive and here. I know what the meaning of the universe is. He immediately
0: was pissed off because he yeah. knew that he was fine. And one of the, uh, I can't remember, I think it was one of the guys, uh, Cody Saftik, someone put, put out a, uh, a video on Twitter and yeah. pointed out the footwork and pointed out that uh, I mean, Iwan has already come out and explained like he was part of his game plan and I tweeted out right away that I, I was of the opinion that he was playing possum because he was trying to get Magomed to engage in a brawl style fight with him, make him think he was hurt, make him try to shoot in and get over over uh, zealous and try to finish him because that was going to open him up to counters and that was what Iwan's like uh, best uh, chance or m- the most likely gla- game plan for yeah. him to win was to be able to get on the inside and, and make it more of a brawl style fight and Magomed is a sniper on the outside and He normally wouldn't engage in that kind of a fight unless, I think, you know, and I He think felt he, safe. And, unless he felt like Ewan was hurt. So I think Ewan immediately, the first couple of shots that landed did not seem like it actually rocked him. His feet were still underneath him the entire time. He was acting. I my, I totally think he was playing possum to make his guy try to brawl with him and try mm-hmm. to go in and finish him. And the second he was touched by the ref, you could tell his, his body language changed. He was immediately sharp and was like, no, no, no. Uh, that's not what I was – It's part of my
1: game plan. I'm just yes. baiting him like, what the hell? Either... So he sold it so yeah. well that he sold yeah. it to
0: the ref. So what, there's a discussion there on like – Derek Lewis, other people mm-hmm. that do things like this, like you were mentioning, you know, like yeah, to what point does the ref think that they're severely injured or unable yes. to continue to defend themselves, and then stop the fight?
1: Well, here, uh, my opinion, it this was called bad, it was called way too early. It was this called is a bad decision. Yeah, it was I a bad agree. decision, and the reason why stoppage. is because. Eon was blocking the shots that were thrown. No- nothing was landed. He was back. firing back, yes. um, and he was moving incoherent. Um, and he wasn't out on his feet. I understand if he was rocky like that. Maybe the minute Eon, if he was really foggy like that and hurt, um, he, it, the minute his butt touched the ground, maybe call it. But his butt wasn't even close to the ground. He was firing back. He was blocking most of the shots. Um, it was just really sporadic by the ref. Yeah. Way too early of a call. Um he sold it so well, the you know, ref thought he was. Yeah, on, on yeah. His feet. But you know what makes me mad is like in decisions like that. I truly wish that like there could be someone to be like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. Because they were like for like two minutes they were debating like, is this it? Are we done? Are you calling this? Oh, I Those know. Those two well, minutes yeah. you could have taken ten <laughs> seconds. I guarantee you, the audience, the viewers, and the coaches and the fighters would agree. Let's continue. Yeah. I wish, I wish, but I know there's probably a law and commission in place because of those reasons and yeah. certain things. Once the ref touches
0: the fighters, you know, unfortunately, them, yeah. but
1: I think it would have been great if it was like, Hey, Hey, the referee would have been like, Hey, you know, honest mistake. You're, you're good to fight. The The organization thinks you're good to fight. Um, everyone else thinks you're good to fight. No, let's just continue. Yeah. Let's just give the show what they paid for. But, um, unfortunately that's yeah. not how it works, but, um, yeah, early call. In disappointing. My book. Disappointing. Yeah. And and you know baits are part of the game. You know it's true. So, yes, you know. They are. And if the but this is like on a grander scale, baiting t- for an entire game
0: plan switch, so that the guy switched up the yeah. entire game plan, not just mm-hmm. a single strike bait or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he knew that this guy was a sniper and probably more accurate, like at distance with him. So he rather than going in and getting taking damage on the way in and trying to get inside, he tried to bait the guy inside by mm-hmm. making him think he was rocked. Like yep crazy it was very interesting i've never seen it quite very like dramatic that, super super dramatic it's fight it's just disappointing It's like anticlimactic because yeah. you know these two guys are very explosive what you expected mm-hmm. in terms of the outcome of this fight you saw 30 seconds of it right and yeah. thought it was going to be exciting like that you thought we, we got robbed of another <laughs> couple of rounds yeah
1: yeah it's just um it's it's un- unfortunate because i you know the way it started i was like oh this is going to be a heated fight someone's going to sleep yeah and, and, and i felt um,
0: like that was it would happen. have led yeah. to
1: it, but, um, uh, and it was or the just other. early call. And there's, uh, there's no, I don't, I wouldn't debate this. It's an early call, yeah. early call. He was blocking, yeah. defending, coherent. He was still striking. Um, and he talked t- about running it back. And I guess Magomed said, fuck it, let's go. Like, I don't yeah. care. So Run I would love
0: to see this ran back. And, um, you know like you said there's lots to say about it but we'll only two more things I'll say one and just generally in terms of the debate about baiting like Derek Lewis does act like he's hurt he Mm -hmm. heals over and waits for someone to come in and then tries to throw overhand rights like other people have known for doing different types of game plans or things like this to bait people in Mm -hmm. and or maybe you are really hurt and someone comes in and then you finally muster up that last you know Hail Mary shot maybe it lands my whole point is you have to give the fighter the opportunity to fight out of those situations and And this is a great example because he wasn't even that and in
1: yeah even if Eon was hurt he was firing back he was coherent he didn't go out on his legs yeah. um so for me he was still able to fight he, he he had he wasn't getting hit so you know it only takes about 20 30 seconds for him to recover he was still learning the rounds um so he could have recovered within that time i've yeah. seen people in a lot worse situation on their feet and ref's not call it for almost fight yeah. like, for like 2 minutes and guys are, are all over the place. so um yeah. this was like it's unfortunate. It, yeah, it's unfortunate. But um, well, and one thing that's oh well.
0: unfortunate is that uh, Nate learned uh, a, a heavy lesson, I'm just not, like me. I'm done switching last minute. He switched. Minute. If you're paying attention last I'm week, he switching. picked Magomed. I was I was Except really high for Dan on Hooker he, worked E. He won. For me. Uh, yeah, and uh, but I picked the one. He picked Magomed. He switched last minute. I when I heard that, I was relieved. What Saint are
1: you talking p- about? You're ta- I'm talking about Benavides. Oh yeah, ben- that's o- the one I switched.
0: For. Oh, I thought you picked Magomed. Oh yeah, you did.
1: I'm sorry. You, s- did, you got I, the points I got on this, points my for bad. This one, bro. You I did pick Benavides. Mago Man. That's Mago right. Man. That's right. But, but I'm still disappointed there. in the fight, you know.
0: I got confused there. That's right.
1: But for the but we're anyways, we're going there anyways. Yeah. So we might so as well go. He switched
0: uh last minute to Joseph Benavides. He had already gotten me he was yeah. he basically I'll just recap it now. He got plus two on me for the week. uh it was four to six and uh we were pretty much head to head and then he took two extra points and then he switched to Joseph uh, Benavidez. so i was like okay cool one way or the other we'll, he won't get any more points on me like a, a, a bigger lead i know but anyways he's inching ahead guys he's got uh 12 ahead of me now instead of 10 and uh you oh, know yeah. i got i got to represent this is my fucking joe so Hopefully I will catch up soon. That's pretty disappointing. Uh but yeah, guys, so that brings us to the main event, Joseph Benavides versus Davison Figueroa. Um Davison Figueroa missed weight, so unfortunately no matter if he won the or won the fight, he doesn't win the title, which is ultimately what ended up happening. So that's kind of why with the intro I said he leaves the the vision in obscurity still. It's kind of pretty much right where it left off because uh I'm not even sure the answer to this question, which I've looked into. I think the answer is that it's vacant. If you looked at the UFC standings or UFC <laughs> rankings right now, it's still going to say
1: Henry at the top. Yeah, but if after we, after this fight, Henry posted a picture on his Instagram, cringe <laughs> as hell, and still, he was holding two belts. So I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I know. And th- there's been talk about him coming down
0: and facing uh, Davison. so I'm actually excited to hear that. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that, We made a lot about how last week the technicality of if until this fight actually took place, the belt wasn't stripped off Henry. Well, Davison threw another curveball in there and missed his weight. So then it was a one-way title bout. So meaning if Joseph Benavides won that fight, he wins the title. But if Davison wins the fight, which ultimately is what happened, he's not eligible for the title because he didn't make championship weight. So now in this case, did the belt get stripped when the bell rang but then not get awarded to Davison because he didn't make weight and he won the fight? So now it's just vacant. Like, that's the question I have. I don't know the answer. Probably
1: what's going to happen is Davidson Figueroa is probably going to sit on the bench <laughs> for a little bit, probably for, like, the next three months. They're going to have another flyweight fight, and the winner of that flyweight fight will fight Figueroa for um, if the vacant, vacant belt. To...
0: And also, there's been a lot of talk afterwards, because if you guys watched this fight, it was it was – you know, Joseph Benavides has a certain style, and he was trying to execute that style. But once they got into the first kind of grappling exchanges, he felt how strong and big Davison was, and 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 a couple of those shots that landed, he was put on notice. And this was not going to end well for him unless he, you know, landed something hard. So he was trying to earn that respect what you gotta earn in the earlier parts of a fight to keep your uh, opponent honest. And he was leaping in and throwing wild overhands and just doing almost anything he could to try to get that hard shot to land, and it just didn't work out. When he got in and hit the couple body shots, it just didn't seem to phase Davison no matter what he landed on. No. Couldn't get that respect.
1: And the one thing that I noticed, too, is, you know, Benavidez kept cracking right leg kicks and eating right hands, man. Hard right hands. And I'm like, how many right leg kicks are you going to throw when you realize that you... He took, like, one solid, solid one. Yes, but he took, like, four or five. And I was like, Stop throwing your right leg kicks. Switch up your game plan. Do something different. He um, switched
0: up his game plan. He started circling to his left, which was Davison's power side. Which yes. ended up winning. Th- that's my whole point. Is so he wasn't
1: using his brain. Like he was literally just like on autopilot, but not on a good autopilot. On the wrong course of autopilot. Um, he was just getting the pocket firing like Bing Bing. Head down. Back up. I was worried he was gonna
0: get caught with an uppercut because how much doesn't he was matter. He's st- he
1: still got freaking cots. <laughs> so. Um we got Figueroa caught was, with that clash of heads, so that's yeah, the, that's y- the part you we know.
0: need to talk about. They got caught with the clash of heads. He was leading in with his head. Davison Figueroa was also winging wild hooks at the end. Uh, you know, the, it was a high paced fight for the minute mm-hmm. and then almost two minutes it, it took that took place. But they ended up clashing heads very very hard, and immediately Joseph starts gushing blood from his forehead. Immediately you could tell it rocked him considerably. I mean, that's harder than you know. It's just like an elbow or a knee. It's considerably hard. And he started backing ups. Uh, like I said before, he was moving out to his left hand side. And Davison Figueroa at the end just. Cracked off a straight right, just perfect timing. Caught him on the half beat, no load. Joseph Benavides, as I said, moving in that same direction. Gets caught square on the mouth and square on the face. You know, one of those where it's like chin down to chest, not like snap sideways. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got sat on his butt, and that was the beginning of the end, man. It was over with. So yeah, it's just interesting because a lot of people talk about whether or not that headbutt, or you want to call it a clash of heads, not a headbutt, because it's not like one of the two leapt in and tried to throw their 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 head. No, nope. just coincidence. But um. Yeah, there's there's talk about that and possibly a rematch. There's not. I don't feel like there's a lot of legs to that. Davison fighting Henry if Henry decides to come down and if his post or anything else for that matter actually represents him still being the champion because Davison wasn't eligible. We'll that see. that makes it interesting too. Um, you know, because Davison was definitely saying in interviews afterwards like I'm the champion.
1: I won this fight. I don't care what they say. Yeah. The all way, all like, I know is I feel like Sudo <clears throat> hasn't fought in like forever.
0: We got a shoulder surgery, but yeah, the last uh-huh. person he
1: fought was Marlon Moraes. It's been a
0: while, and that was a crazy fight, and that um and that's why you know he that was for the vacant um bantamweight championship because TJ got stripped, so mm-hmm. that's uh you know so he's bantamweight saying he's done with that they're gonna fight for the flyweight but now he's saying he's interested so you know who knows uh, that's why I was just curious to as far you know as far as what your guys thoughts are your thoughts Nate as far as the division generally because it's always it's been on like thin ice for the last year and a half two years almost like. Uh, the f- that for whatever reason they're less marketable. When, in my opinion, they have more technical, faster-paced, you know, gas tank mm-hmm. for days fights. The, the smaller guys. So, uh, but heavyweight yeah. always seems to get more eyeballs, and smaller guys seem to always struggle. But I don't know, man. This this division they has just always w- had problems. They
1: just they need to just promote, not promote them, but. They're on a fight night. It's a title fight, and they're on a fight night. Not even pay per view. May uh, you know at least give these guys on a pay per view with multiple champions. If if they're not super marketable, well, right? I, mean, I guarantee you three says, three champions shows in one what they night. Think about the division. Right I know now. it's unfortunate, but these guys these guys are fun to watch. They're fast paced. This was a fun to watch fight. Um, so I don't I don't know what the deal is. So, um, the truth is though, it just there's only like two or three guys that are that are really like marketable in it and and Benavides was one of them. I think he was a big name. And Cejudo, really, that's it. So.
0: Um, and Cejudo claims he saved the division. Was around for a while, but then jumped up to 135, and then now is trying to say yeah. he doesn't. He's getting stripped. They, this they fight just need to run, so just,
1: just run more flyweight fights and get it going. The reason why the flyweights aren't aren't freaking doing much is because you don't see a lot of flyweight Dude, fights. Brandon, you got a whole division.
0: Brandon Moreno's a flyweight. Um, Corey, oh no, Corey Sandhagen is a bantamweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of big names, a couple really yeah. good guys that need to come up just and just run them. New blood. Like, yeah. you just
1: need to run more. F- fight nights, you don't see a lot of flyweight male fights. So just start running flyweight male fights. Throw one in on every card. Get these guys. There's tons of flyweights in the world. Hopefully they can... Get the flyweight division Shit, going. they had a
0: whole tournament, bro. Like, its I don't know what it is. It just it doesn't seem... They need a star in every division. They need a star champion to really make the division flourish. And they had Demetrius, which was almost too dominant for the division for all those years, which is why he And was. then they still got rid of him. And then they got rid of him. And, then and Sehudo, traded him Sehudo. for Hudo Askren, right? Yeah. yeah, and then see how that worked out. So Hudo yeah. did his thing and actually, you know, put some lifeblood into the division, went to 135. That situation happened. Um, and then now we, you know, he's getting stripped. He's not getting stripped. So it's like the division's just kind of always been in obscurity in terms of the last couple of years. And yeah. this doesn't really help solidify it. A lot of people talked about if Joseph won because, you know, he was the, he's actually got the very first flyweight victory in the UFC history. And back in 2012, Joseph Benavides did, he's been around the entire time. This was his third opportunity at a title shot at flyweight. Like it was like everyone just kind of hoped and assumed that he was coming together for him. And mm-hmm. then the flyweight division would have its new star, its new King or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and you know, davison winning could have very well done the same thing especially for the brazil and everything like that but he'd missed weight so uh now the division you know still doesn't really you don't see where the direction's headed and, and what's next for it so um yeah it's just unfortunate because there's a lot of other fighters like you had mentioned and people that are you know good quality fighters and and deserve their opportunity that you know the spotlight gets turned on somebody else because the entire division gets overlooked in some cases yeah
1: so. i mean I mean, if it was a fair world, I would just run flyweight fights for males every event I could. But um, it's a, it's a populi- po- popularity contest. It's a media contest. It's, it's who's popular right now, who's the up-and-coming. You don't see a lot of flyweight fights. And uh, it's unfortunate because the business sometimes isn't fair. Um, and it's all about marketability, sales, pay-per-view buys, and, and, and viewing. And, you know, are you marketable and reputable? Um, so, you know, we'll see where the division goes from here. Um, I mean, it's going to continue, but I, I I would hope that these guys get a little bit more shine. Everyone in the division from number 15 up, I hope they uh, just run the fights more. That the reason uh, I, I truly believe a big reason why these guys aren't very popular is because they 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 assume that no one's going to like the fights or that they're not popular and they don't really throw them that often. Just throw them. It's not going to hurt you to throw a flyweight event for males every other fight night and and get them going and get them going because you never know. You might find two guys that are just starting to kill it, knockouts are coming, and then it's getting popular. But nothing's going to get popular if you don't allow it to get popular. So um, hopefully they just uh, promote some more flyweight fights and these guys can perform and put on a show and I mean, they only have you know, three we'll fights see. a year
0: on their contract minimum, from what I understand. They have 500 plus, 600 plus fighters in their contract. So it's one of the reasons there's like a, a fight night or a card every single weekend. They got to make sure to get people fights. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, one of the strategies that's always good for me to help build the division is when you have multiple fights on the same night. Like, for instance, we saw with Megan Anderson and Noir Dumont versus Felicia Spencer and, and Zeran Dos Santos or Farron, or whatever. Uh, because, you know, you get to kind of see a little bit of the division moving in front of your eyes where four different opponents can you can kind of see how where they all sit so gives you more of an idea of how the division's working and how it moves and understanding of it so then it builds drama in terms of future matchups and things like that so we'll see it was an exciting fight while it lasted it looks like joseph benavidez was a bit outmatched and i don't know if that weighed anything to do with it but i'm of the opinion that it had something to do with it (sighs) but either way i feel like the the outcome was inevitable once i started you know once i saw the fights take place i was like is is unless Joseph is able to somehow, some way with you know how he, he knocked Jose, Juicy Formiga back really badly with a, a high a good head kick. He would have needed something like that to really change the the whole course of this yeah. fight. So you know,
1: like you say with the weight thing, I I the only okay, so the thing that can come into play with weight is the amount of a uh, punishment your body takes before the fight, having to cut all the weight necessary, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So two and
0: a half pounds is like one of those places where I'm not sure did he quit early enough to save himself save a little himself, bit right? or was he super depleted and he tried yes. to get there and couldn't. So, like who uh, knows?
1: Yeah, so I'm not this isn't my argument per se, but here's my my thoughts. Regardless, the next night they get to eat, they get to put all the weight back on. It usually comes back on within a certain limit. So regardless, they're gonna even if Figueroa made weight, he would have gotten. He would have been so th- much. Th- he would have been the same weight regardless the next day, and so would Joseph. So, do I think the weight? Specifically, played advantage, not quite. But what could have played an advantage is how much how long healthier he could have
0: output that strength. Yes, and, those, those and, bombs, and you
1: yeah. know, and, and he in not cutting those last two pounds. Joseph Benavides might have had the same been in the same situation a night prior sure. to Figueroa, and 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 his body could have been a little weaker. And it was definitely the game plan so of him to drag him into deep there.
0: waters and get him yeah. drained from the extreme weight cut, knowing he was a gigantic by 8 and yeah. knowing that he has a good gas tank Joseph that that is so yeah he definitely was probably trying game plan wise to take him in the 3rd 4th 5th rounds but and it uh, didn't happen didn't end up being able to get there so you know that's pretty much it for UFC Norfolk and again as i mentioned at the beginning of the show uh UFC um, 248 is coming up next weekend, and that one's a big one, guys. we dedicated an entire episode to it with three guests, so episode 16 of D-Love Special Sauce. Go back, check it out if you haven't already, uh, and that'll give you our general thoughts on the card um, and the, the main event and the co-main event. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually going to go back and listen to it my, to my, myself. I always do just to make sure to get our picks down, but also just generally to hear what we were thinking in our mindset because I've definitely had a lot of thoughts since then, and there's been some... <laughs> Uh, the the countdown came out and all kinds of other things that have, I've I've ingested and, and definitely affected my uh, my excitement for this fight and my opinion of what I think is going to happen. But ultimately, I, I'm still going with Israel. But it's it's exciting, guys. So, do you have any final thoughts on UFC 248 or anything like that? Um,
1: I'm just excited, you know, because you got that and Yoana fighting on the same card, correct? Right? Oh, yes, yeah, ma- yes, so, yes, sir. And you know, yes, and seeing how the Chinese athletes are performing lately, I'm a little scared for Yoana, but she's still my pick. I'm not going to second guess. Not not gonna do it. Dope. Um, yeah, but I um, got in I this still one. think Romero is gonna be uh, the toughest opponent for Israel to because he's just so he's a scary individual. Uh, there was an interview with uh or, or with with uh I- Israel about how we talked to Hori Masvidal and said, "Hey, I need to fight your boy." Romero, he's like the most feared guy in the division. All the fighters backstage don't want to fight him. No one wants to fight him, but I want to fight him. I want to test myself. Um, I, Romero is just super explosive. He's just super awkward. He's got great wrestling. He's got great power in his hands, and he can. And he's tough as nails. He can't put him down. So I think that, that I think it's going to be a, a super grinding fight. I think you know Israel Lasagna is a sniper, and he has potential to put up Romero, obviously because he's he's amazing. But I think if Romero can just ride him like a dog I think he will he could put, potentially put a beating on Israel's on just on the ground and, and really gas him out and in the later rounds start to pick him apart I and he's capable of that he's just an absolute monster so I think this is a fight where it can go either way and I, I think to date, this is probably other than Gaslam. You know, Calvin. Shout out to you. Hell yeah. You know, I know Calvin could have could have took it. Calvin could have took it if he had a full fight camp. I know yep. he was sick; he had the flu. Uh, a lot of people didn't know that, but you know, we personally knew that. So I can only imagine how Gaslam would perform. But right now, the next opponent facing him is is Romero. So I think um, I'm going to stick with Romero just because um, I think it could be Romero's time. He's getting older. He's getting he knows older. it's his last. It's his, his last, last chance. Time. I but think. and that guy. That guy pulls some stuff out of his butt. I'll tell you for what. Sure. So you for know sure. he's he's going to be very dangerous. I'm definitely nervous. I'm nervous too. And
0: just it's going to be exciting no matter what. You know.
1: Yeah, and I and so you know that's my only thoughts. So um, I, I was think- going to
0: say I'm glad you brought up wrestling. Sorry, I, I didn't want to cut you off. Do you want to finish your thought? Not sorry not anymore. i just think i'm glad you brought up wrestling because this is something i've been questioning and i've been like uh, i even put out to a couple shows that do breakdowns and see if i can get them to try to answer it but uh, I, i'm not a wrestler i didn't grow up wrestling but I, from what i understand and what i know and i've talked to several people um there's a big difference between uh, growing up doing folk style wrestling versus freestyle wrestling and romero participated in freestyle wrestling and Without trying to get into it, because like I said, I'm not an expert on it, um, the difference between them and what folk style is more um, proficient in and more uh, emphasizes more is control and um, like keeping somebody down. So the only reason I'm bringing this up is that if you look at Romero, besides a couple you know exceptions, Luke Rockhold being up against the cage and a couple like that uh, withstanding, Um, he's very, very, very good at getting somebody down when he decides to explode, and that's what you know the decision he's made is I want to get this person to the to the mat. But he's not as good. I'm not saying he's bad at it, but he's not as good at keeping them down as he is at getting them down. Yeah. And that I think is a consequence of the style of wrestling he Mm. grew up doing because you get points and things like that for takedowns, and you don't necessarily have to keep them down in certain positions. Mm -hmm. So, um, all that being said, I think he's uh, everything you. Pointed out is is, yeah.
1: is exactly accurate and reasons why uh, he's real- going to have to make it a dog fight, he's straight good. up the way Woo. Fury fought Ison- Israel. I'm sorry, Fury fought uh, Wilder, um, but uh, in, in the aspect of Romero's going to have to get inside clinch him. He's going to have to rush him to the cage. He's going to have to once he's got him in the clinches, one arm clinch, body shot, knees, trying to grind his head against his chin, just constantly little overhands and little in pocket shots, and then create space, attack him again, create space he's going to have to smother Isanya the whole time. I think if he can make it a dog fight like that, it's going to gas cuz Islania, Israel's good at getting up um off the ground. He's got great I think takedown defense from what we've seen. He's fought top athletes, but um the thing is how long can he keep you off him? Sure. So I think if he I can I think
0: he's better at that than we give him credit cuz oh, he's been getting better without having to use it as much yes, as but, as needed. But I you think,
1: know. you know, the thing is he's 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 got, the got the to close the distance. He's got to close the distance on Israel. Yes. He's got to close the distance. He's got to get inside, be iffy, and then pull out and then randomly hit a hard overhand or or shoot again. He just got to grind Israel out so much that Israel's tired. His arms are fatigued. He's The power's not there anymore. All he can do is kind of move, maybe deep and kick. And try to play the the defensive game and, and circle. And, and, but that, at that point, he's going to be tired from all that pressure if, if Romero can keep that pressure. Yeah,
0: 43-year-old man, that's what I was wondering the, earlier. The only thing
1: that. I'm worried about is Romero's going to do the whole – put his hands right here, if you guys can see me, and do the whole rocking thing and just stay out of range and just try to land overhands the whole time and just try to stay out of – and just – try to keep do. it at kickboxing range. Yeah, but I, I think he's gonna be out of kickboxing range and just try to counter the whole time. And I think eventually it's just gonna be a boring five round fight. If that's that if that's what he's planning on to do, that's not how he's gonna win. He he you need to smother well, he's gonna have to you take- need to make Israel uncomfortable because when when Israel is pressed and you start like double jab right hand, you start closing the distance. If, if you can get him cornered right and, to, and get him to back up, he's stuck on his back leg and he does put his chin in the air. And he puts his left hand down and his right hand kind of like in a boxing status. He's open. He's open for left hook, right hands, or right overhand, right left body shot. low. he's open, but you have to get him on his back foot. Um, and you have to cut him off right, and you need to press him. and 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 Israel gets like that when he was tired. We saw it in the Gaslam fight. He was he was open. Um, he got stuck on his back foot a couple times. So if he can get him tired, ride him out, grind him out, I think the power of Ro- Romero will still transfer. It, it, it always tra- it transfers into late rounds. The guy is just a powerhouse at any time. So um, it's kind like Derek Lewis, you know, but for that weight class. Um, so when it comes to power translation, so if if Romero does that game plan. But the thing is, Romero's kind of like uh, a lone soldier, and he does what he wants. So, yeah, well, so sometimes he'll just throw flying knees the whole fight is He's and, 43 so- years
0: old, and he... Uh, has to take a
1: couple rounds
0: off in a five round fight normally it's the first couple where he stays on the outside doing what you're talking about outside of kicking range and just can't. deciding to blitz he'll in when he, when he he'll
1: lose the first three rounds but on, on a point basis alone
0: that's what that's what's gonna happen if he wants to get through five rounds and I don't think that the younger man's gonna get gassed out by someone like that I mean 43 that, that years plays old that way if I don't know man wrestling your whole life maybe he has a better gas tank for wrestling if that yeah. makes sense but if, if he's trying to grind him up against the cage and try to wear out the younger fighter um, I don't know I don't know he's gonna have to have a significant <laughs> yeah. advantage in the grappling department yes, which
1: uh, and uh, that's I'm not saying you know, like you're saying with the younger fighter aspect I'm not saying uh, so He's young, and I know he's great conditioning, but how is his clinch and wrestling conditioning? Because he's not there a lot. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm Vice not versa saying that. With if you were to, if were to s- kickbox with him, the conditioning is no match. It's going to be Israel. But can Israel's arm, arms, and and body and upper body just? Can he perform the same way in a kickboxing standpoint once he's been tired and gassed out and his Absolutely arms are full not. of lactic acid? Exactly. No, and that's what you need to do. And then it's your time to pick Israel apart because he won't be able to keep up boxing wise. Or if he does box, you don't have to worry about his power too much because he just can't throw as hard or as fast. His timing will be a little off. But again, um, we don't give Israel enough credit, and this I think this fight's going to finally show um, the just the. Uh, the, who Israel really is um, so it could go either way I don't want to keep talking about it guys I want you to actually go back and listen to the to what episode was it?
0: episode 16
1: 16 guys go check it out we had a bunch of guests we had Bama Logan and a bunch of other people and Jeremy we all talked about it so uh, go back and listen to that guys but um, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Romero fight I'm just excited for it so I will be here I will make sure I take that day off and I will definitely be here to watch that fight
0: yeah, and make sure to check into what it would be, episode 19, right? If It's coming up this weekend, so uh, episode 19 next week, that'll be where we break down the post-fight of UFC 248. We talk about how the fights went down, all of our fights, our picks, and everything like that, and that'll obviously include the co-main event, which is Ioani and Jaychik versus uh, Wiley Zhang. We, we kind of mentioned that earlier, but I'm very excited for that one as well. I think Wiley is the future, and I think... Uh, Ioana has positioned herself to give herself the best opportunity to win back the belt, so I think it's it's going to be an extremely close, uh, tough fight. And uh, but I still think Wiley's going to chew her up and spit her out. Uh, and then for the Romero fight and and Israel, like Nate just said, it's it's super excited about it, much anticipated. It has been. Uh, A lot of talk, a lot of uh, build-up for it. So make sure to check out that fight this upcoming weekend, UFC 248. And, again, make sure to look out for next week's episodes where we break down everything post-fight. So thank you guys so much for being here. That does it for us this week. I really hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if you did, don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review as well. It really helps us out when you do. And, again, we'll be reading those reviews every week. So keep, keep them coming. Thanks, Juan, for yours again this week. And thank you guys so much for stopping by. Make sure to check out next week's show, as I mentioned. And all the episodes for that matter on your favorite podcast platforms, wherever you get them, guys. And make sure to catch the replays on MMT Radio on the Yo Radio app. And as always, the Frankie Ricciardo mt Fitness, big thanks to John Walker, Faster Performance, all the coaches and trainers, training partners, and friends in the Center Martial Arts family and greater community at large. Special thanks to Nate again for always making sure to take his time to help me out with the show. But that's it. We're done. I'm through. See you guys later. Peace out. Take care.